Welcome to the Diary of a Sales Expert podcast. My name's James White, and I'm on a mission to help business owners and sales professionals all over the world get incredible sales results. So thanks for listening, and let's get started. So I once set the fear of uh, God into someone within their sales interview. And uh, they, I said to them in the interview, and it's quite a highly paid job. I said to them, I'd like to do some role play with you. And it was like, dun, dun, dun. Their face just, you know, oh my God. It was like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. And literally the whole element of role play just made them freak out and they flunked the interview. And I bet they thought, oh my God, James White, what an absolute. But I wanted to use this podcast to talk to you a little bit about why role play is such a winning sales training strategy. I wanted to share this so that if you're a business owner and you've got a team of people, uh, why role play or practice or simulation, as it's sometimes called, is such an important thing for you to do as a sales leader. And if it's something that you do well, you can absolutely get really great results as a result of it. And by the way, if you're not sure how to do it, let me know. I'm happy to come and have a chat to you, talk about it, show you the impact you can have. Because when you do do it well, it does an amazing amount of things as I'll talk about in a moment. So what do I mean by role play? Role play is that typical scenario, which sometimes people hate, which is, by the way, can someone come to the front of the room and we'll do a practice sales situation? And two people walk up and go, oh, hello, I'm so-and-so. Hello, Mr. So-and-so. Hello, Mr. So-and-so. And it's this you know, discussion at the top end of, of, of a sales training session or in a, in a meeting environment. And people's initial reaction to it is, ugh. They hate it. They can't stand it. They think, oh my goodness, I don't want to do role play. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you haven't got a sales team and it's you yourself as a business owner or maybe one other person in your team, this still applies for you because it's still a critical thing for you to be able to go and do. And why do I think you know role play and practice is, is, is and practice is the phrase I use for is so critical? It's because the best in the world, whoever they are, can only get better by practice. I'm a keen golfer and I talk to people about the number one golfer in the world, you know, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler. They have coaches that help them practice. Scotty Scheffler, even before the Ryder Cup started, was seen on the putting green with a guy called Phil Kenyon, who was a putting coach. So this guy is number one in the world. There is no one better at golf in the world than this bloke. And yet the, uh, he's literally the week before on a, co- on a putting green trying to improve his putting with this guy who's a coach. He's practicing. He's learning from someone to get better. So if the number one golfer in the world can do it, and also, by the way, I know for a fact that there are people that are in musical events where they come on the stage beforehand, before the events come in, I even listen to the radio, and they're saying, oh, the guys are on their stage doing their pre-warm-up, their practice. So musicians are doing it. Everyone that is the top end of their skill, and even no surgeons do it on you know, animals that are dead animals to be able to practice something so they can improve and get better. So practice is something we all have to be able to do. And I was doing a great podcast interview a couple of weeks ago with uh, Catherine Baker when we talked about stay in the distance and how sports people, you know, just practice is so critical for them. If they don't do their practice, they just can't get better. So I simply encourage you to remember that making the time for practice and then doing some practice will make such a difference in your role in your organization and will help you achieve the results you want. Because when we're going through those difficult moments of wanting to think about how to approach things and what to do, what to say, and sales is full of those difficult moments, you have two choices. Your brain will either go into flight mode, it'll go, oh, I don't know, so go, 
Or you'll go back to him and say, hey, I've learned this. I've practiced this. I know how to respond in that way. And I'm going to give that response and answer. So firstly, practice is critical. The best in the world at the top end of any field do it. So my question to you is, what makes you so special that means you don't have to do it? And the honest answer is, if you want to argue that point because you think you're that special, then probably don't bother listening to the rest of the podcast because I'm not for you. I'm not the person that's going to help you. If you think you're that good already, then good. What can I say? But if you do think, no, all right, he's got a point here, James, and, and actually I can see that you know this is this is something that that needs to be done the right way. Let me let me talk about a couple of other points that why this is so important, why it's going to help you create that that successful mentality in the team you've got. The first thing is around your culture. So culture to me is all around people's behaviours and their attitudes and what they do when no one's looking sometimes. And if you create a culture that says, hey, we want to practice, we want to develop, we want to grow, we want to learn, it's going to make people in your team feel that actually learning and developing is important to you. It's going to make them feel that actually it's not just the most important thing in the world just to, to, to get results, but to practice and to do things and to try and improve and to accept that failure is going to happen. Now, in practice, you're going to fail. Failure happens. It's going to be part of the process. You know, in life and in business, we're going to fail. And do you take a negative view of failure? Or do you say, hey, that's no problem at all. You've learned something from this. How can you learn from that, that, that practice and then apply it in a different way? So I think it creates this absolutely great culture where your organization is set up to be successful and to, to do well. The second thing I think it also does is it makes people feel a bit safer. You know, when I've been in team environments, and sometimes this isn't the case when you've got very big teams and people may not get on with each other, but in smaller teams, it makes people feel safe because I've seen, and I actually did a sales training session a couple of months ago with this absolute beast of a man. They won't say his name, but you'll maybe know who he is if he's listening to the podcast. Absolute beast of a guy who I got up to the front to do some, pod, some, uh, some practice with me and he got a bit nervous. And no one would think this, this big, tall guy would, we, we would have any nerves or, you know, he's be a bouncer on a door. But when I started talking to him about some situations, in a bit of role play, he got a bit nervous. But everyone in the room supported him. Everyone in the room said, hey, well done. And it was a safe environment. And it made him feel he was able to sort of admit those challenges and weaknesses to be able to learn to get better, to hopefully improve his sales skills. So my second message to you around this is, is be in a position where you make it a safe environment for people to practice. If they feel they're comfortable to be able to learn and be vulnerable so they can make mistakes, They'll make the mistakes there and learn from colleagues. So when it comes to doing it in real life, they're in a better position to do the, to get the result, hopefully at the right time. And even if they don't, they can then go back to the practice environment and say, hey, I didn't get this quite right again. What can I do to change? That environment, that safety of environment is, is critical. The third point around this is around accountability. So as well as creating a culture of, of development improving, it also says to everyone in the organization, hey, we've all got to be accountable to be successful. And we've got to be accountable to drive growth and improvement in ourselves. And if we don't want to improve, and if we can't improve, then hey, we've got a problem. And accountability, I think, is one of the most important words that I look for in any business situation. Uh, I look for in all my life, when things are going wrong, it's no one else's fault, it's my fault. I haven't done something. I take accountability. I don't blame other people for deals that didn't happen or for what went wrong. I look in the mirror and say, it's my fault, James, what are you going to do differently? And accountability is critical when we can sometimes only do that when we're able to practice and learn for how we can improve and do things in a different way. So point number four that I like about this is role playing or practice allows us to really stand in the shoes of our customers. You'll have heard me talk about empathy being one of the most important things you can do as a sales and business owner to, to get success with the people you work with, to put yourself in the shoes of the buyer, to think and to 
make you think like actually how are they going to operate and what they're going to do. And empathy is such an important factor for that. And when we put ourselves in the shoes of the of the buyer, or maybe act like the buyer, so we're in a role play situation and we act like the customer, we might think, or oh, what would I say? Or what they might say. So we're actually thinking like the customer at that time. And we're stimulating these sort of real life scenarios and building empathy, hopefully, for our buyer who we know, because that's our job to know who they are. And that itself is such an important factor. It's such a critical thing because it's going to help us think then, when we're in that situation in the real life scenario, well, that person thought that, okay, I need to think about how that would approach or this would work in this way. So it's an absolutely great way to get inside the mind of your buyer, to really think like that person, to build that empathy. So the next part about role playing or practice is it serves as a great way for us to build our skills. We can't build skills without being able to do this. And if we want to be able to perform in a better way, if we want to overcome objections, if we want to be able to learn how to handle certain situations better, the best way to do that is to practice it. We can write things down. I was with a client yesterday afternoon where we were doing a bit of role play in a team environment. And there were some funny moments that people didn't like it. But when I was asking them questions of what to say and what to do at certain times, they were like, that's a really good point. And actually, one of the ladies actually said to me, I want more of this so I can know how to react and respond in certain situations. And I was like, yes. That's exactly what we want. Because if we can be in that position where we can refine how we say things and refine and adjust what we do to respond, we're going to be in a better position to get the results that we want. And people can see it when they when they actually go through that practice and they don't know what to say and they don't know what to do. It actually gives them that first to go, I wasn't sure what to do here. I want to get better. I want to improve. It's why a, a training strategy uh, in, a, in, a, in a business is so important to do that. And the fourth and th- the final two points around this, and yeah, I, I share this because I think it's so important for you to do it. By the way, if you're doing this, if you what you listen to this on your own and think, oh, how can I practice? Practice can be done in your mobile phone. Practice in your mobile phone. Listen to you, yourself talk in your mobile phone. That's a great example of practicing to actually literally listen to yourself talk and then be in a position to hear it back and then share or, or practice with a colleague or family member or someone that's a loved one and just ask them to a difficult customer and play some scenarios with them. One of the things that it's key to is it's key to us being consistent. Again, you know, in my sport, the sports that I, you know, look at, you know, it's cricket or football or golf or whatever, or tennis, you know, the, the best people will tell you that when it comes to that match point, that critical free kick, that critical pipe period of the game or that, that last hole where they're going to win a tournament, most of the people, well, the mind psychologists will tell them not to think about what that is in that moment, but just to do the things they've always done, the practice, the things they did consistently. They followed the process over a period of time. And if they keep following the process, that's going to get them the result and not let those emotions get in the way. And when you've got a sales situation that's difficult or challenging, if you've done the practice and you've done the scenarios, then you can actually then start to really go, okay, I now know how to handle this. I'm just going to handle this as I've always done through my practice. And I guess the final point to to this is, is, is about training. Don't do this in a sheet dip approach. Try and put some time aside on a regular basis, whether it's per week or per month at least, and have some time where you set aside time to practice and develop. Bring a tra- sales trainer in. There's lots of great sales trainers around. Like, obviously, I'd love to be able to help you and work with you if that's the case. But whatever you bring in, bring some people in that can help you to really put in place practical role play scenarios and practice scenarios in together with your team. Because when you do, and we get to test people in different situations and get different people doing it, and knowing how to respond based upon maybe some training they've had, I guarantee you, you'll get people having a bit of fun. They'll feel a bit uncomfortable, sure they will, but they'll get insights from it, they'll learn from it, 
and they'll actually be in a better position when it comes to them doing it in real life. You know, again, the, you know, the best people in the police, the fire, the medical people, they practice, they understood, they, they prepare for what they're going to do. They know if they prepare well and they practice ahead of time and they can make sure when it comes to it, they can deliver effectively. So that's why I believe it's a, it's a critical factor in any, any sales strategy and a, and a sales training strategy. If you're in a business and you're thinking, well, how can I get my sales team to where I want it to be? Training is one part of that, but practice and get them to work off each other is another key factor. Use it. I guarantee if you do, you're going to start to see the sales team. They'll get uncomfortable. There'll be some challenges. There'll be some people going, oh, I don't want to do this. Push through that. Get them to push through it. Make them see that it's something they've got to go and do. If they can, they'll get better at it. They'll improve and it'll help them become better successful, better peak salespeople, and more importantly, more successful at what they do because they're able to take that practice and implement it in real life. So um, as I always say, um, I always finish the, 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 the podcast with an inspirational story. And this story today is a, lady, a young lady called Freya Harris, who was um, a, an absolute, you know, she had a, a schoolgirl, she had a cancer, and it was a terrible um, story, but you know, it was a, she built up an incredible bond with, um, with her dog. And she was born with a really severe and unique kind of uh, cancer in 2021. And it affects nearly one in 80 kids in the UK. And she made it her ambition to not only, you know, to show others that her dream can come true. And her dog and, and, uh, and, and Freya competed at Crufts, which is the UK dog show earlier this year. And it literally enabled her to get second place in a category alongside her, her dog Echo. And I think what that shows me is even though people have been diagnosed and given that challenge, you know, they literally, it's a way of, enabling her to, to to show up and how to build that relationship with her dog, she was able to make it to cut to cross and be determined to get there. And I think that confidence that she's given other young children and other people to know they can build that relationship with their dog and then achieve their dreams is, is fantastic. So my inspirational story, story on this podcast is Freya Harris. Thank you so much, Freya, for being that inspiration to me and other people. Um, you're a great example of someone that didn't let, you know, nothing get in their way to achieve what they wanted. And I hope that you can be in that same position to acknowledge from Freya and the other inspirational stories I share to make sure that you can, nothing, nothing get in your way. You can make anything happen that you want to. It's in your hands. Go and make it happen. Go and be like Freya and make sure that we can take these inspirations to help us achieve bigger and better things. That's it for me this week. Hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. If you have, please just do share it with others and tell the people about it. And I'll see you next week for another episode. Take care. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed. If you have, please subscribe to the podcast. It helps us ensure more people can get the insights and ideas they need to get incredible sales results. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode.